Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Two-Headed Serpent. It was written by Matthew Sanderson, Paul Fricker, and Scott Dorward, with editing by Mike Mason. It's available from the Chaosium website. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is episode 27. Now for the recap. You're listening to WITV Radio.
So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matthew. Right, thank you very much, Tom. So we begin with our red line across the map, going from New York across the Atlantic, landing in Dublin, where you've got a few hours to stretch your legs just while they, uh, while they refuel, take on extra supplies and such. So I know a few of you had some things you wanted to do, like uh, I had a package to, uh, to fire off to Germany, so that, that goes without a hitch. Otherwise, it's a fairly brief moment to relax before you are on your way to Iceland. And you land on an airstrip just outside, and I am probably going to butcher the, uh, the hell out of the name here, because I'm not that great on uh, Icelandic names. Um, it's in the Snæfellsnes Peninsula, and I think it's pronounced Steikishholmer. Uh, the area in particular, I have a little map for you to give you an idea of where you are. So this is where you've landed. You've got the Caduceus camp just to the south of the of the town. It's it's an air, it has its own airstrip, but the the camp itself is a, a token effort. There's not that much that's going on here. It's barely four tents and probably a dozen members of the normal um, Caduceus medical staff, which are looking after uh, which are looking after. Um, Kind of cataloging what equipment they've got, what supplies they've got, and um, looking like at some point they're going to liaise with the local authorities, but there doesn't seem to be any official Icelandic authority presence here. Now the volcano and the Snæsfell Jakel uh, volcano mountain is down on the other end of the peninsula, off to the west, which there's a few small, a uh, few small towns and villages around it. Um, otherwise, it is quite an imposing uh, landmark around here. On a, on a clear day from Reykjavik, you can see uh, you can see the mountain from or the volcano from there. So it is a very prominent um, landmark. So it's about nine miles away. It looks like roughly according to the scale. Yeah, about nine or nine or ten. And uh, Reykjavik is uh, east of us. Yeah, see, so there's most of the population is east of you here. On they're all around the coast there's not really that much inland since most mostly even the population of iceland is centered in reykjavik i think they've got about thirty-five thousand population there and iceland in general only has 112,000 in 1933 so yeah centered mostly around the city cool. uh, when you land you're greeted by the or the the I say token base commander, who introduces you to uh, say, "Oh well, hello. We've all, um, we've organised a guide for you." Uh, as I understand, you're heading out towards the uh, the volcano. Indeed. Right. And he introduces you to a, um, a lovely lady in her mid forties, uh, Gunhilda. She's uh, fairly fairly rugged individual, definitely looks like she spent most of her life outdoors, um, is dressed appropriately for the climate, and she smiles and shakes each one of you, um, each one of you by the hand, says, uh, yeah, I understand you want to go and have a look around the, uh, around the volcano. Indeed. Good. I, I do a few tours for uh, tourists around there that come for uh, trying to follow in Jules Verne's footsteps, being the, uh, the entrance to the uh, the entrance to the center of the earth. 
Uh, with Arne Sarknesson, yes. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, she smiles, she beams from, from ear to ear. So, yeah, I, I conduct tours around there, so I, I know the, air, the area pretty well. So I've been uh, hired by your uh, Caduceus organization to, uh, to drive you around. Um, she points over toward the edge of the runway, or the edge of the airstrip, where she's got an, quite a large, uh, the best way to describe it would be a truck. It's kind of open-backed, so it's got a couple of rows of benches in the back. And then there's room for three people up front. But easily room for like a dozen in the back. So there's plenty of room for people and equipment and so on. Like What's a the... troop transport, sort of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. What's the temperature like here today? Uh, it is pretty cold. Uh, the normal kind of temperature from here varies at this time of year. Uh, between 7 degrees Celsius, so 45 Fahrenheit, to 15 Celsius, about 60 Fahrenheit, with the highest temperature being in July. So it's still fairly cold, even though it's going to get towards their summer being the, kind of the being close to the middle of the year. But it's only about nine miles, so mm-hmm. what, like 15, 20 minutes to get? A lot of it's they're not really roads in certain parts, more like dirt tracks in certain areas and even as as you're looking around you feel the earth vibrate beneath your feet uh-huh. and this dull rumble spreads throughout the ground um, a couple of the team look a bit kind of panicked between them others don't seem to react and the uh the camp commander here says we've been having tremors fairly regularly uh, for the last few days this this isn't anything normal, but it has made some of the roads a bit more difficult to traverse. I've heard. Do you uh, do you have any idea when uh, Snevel's Jokel last erupted? <laughs> she chuckles. It's been extinct for thousands of years. Thousands of years. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, this this is unprecedented. What what's happening? We are. We're thinking it's some kind of geological event, but we're not too sure what. I mean, there's there's rumours of it becoming active. Uh, some strange some strange sightings that we presume were a magma being thrown into the air, but then coming back down again, like strange lights in the sky. But there's... It's weird. Magma being thrown into the air? It's, it's, it's a live volcano? We, we, certain, we certainly had indications that it's gone live. Oh, dear. Have there been any um, supposed sightings of any trolls or? Oh, yeah. she she chuckles and kind of shakes her head. You know, my um my brother um, Ollie lives out in one of the uh, the villages near the uh, near the volcano, and trolls seem to be all they talk about there now. They they're even starting to leave uh, like dairy products like bowls of milk or plates of cheese out as offerings uh, some livestock that they uh, they have surplus to requirements and just leaving these offerings to these mythical creatures as a way to say please uh, don't come near our near our t- uh, poor little uh, poor little village and I don't know what's got them got them going maybe it's the uh, maybe it's seeing the, the magma being thrown up into the sky and Seeing all these shooting stars that they keep talking about, yeah, I think I think they've they've maybe been touching a little too much of the uh, of the homebrew out there. 
Well, as long as we're not out at night, I suppose we don't have to worry about trolls. Oh, it's just we, I mean, we, we can easily find places to stay out there during, uh, if we were out there during the night, I'd recommend we come back here, uh, retreat to a safe distance if we did stay out there that long. Sure. I mean, the, the truck's got plenty of fuel, so we've, we've got no issues there. I know the road's like the back of my hand. Uh, I know in the areas I've already been scouting out to see where there's been problems. So I'm pretty much ready to go whenever you are. Excellent. Well, give us a, f a few minutes to get everything together, and uh, we'll join you at the truck. Oh. Right. Key inventory. Um, I know we discussed bits and pieces about what's, uh, what you're planning on taking out there, uh, but you were loading on the plane and so forth. I want to go quickly over what everyone's got so that you're, you're prepped and aware what you have. <coughs> So get an idea of what's on you and then what's left in the truck. Well, on me, I always carry my trusty whip. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And then I have my two regular pistols and then I have a lightning gun pistol from courtesy of Adi, I believe mm -hmm. that I have. Gotcha. On myself, I have a Mauser pistol, uh, the Flying Fangs, a knife belt with 10 small throwing knives and just a couple of books. My book bag with the books and uh, did we bring the cat? Up to you. Would we well. bring him out here? To I don't this know. That's school. what I'm thinking. Let him stay nice and soft. And, uh, nice and soft. Nice and safe back in uh, New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right, so Mittens is not with you for this one. Um, so I've got my usual complement of ants and spiders. I've got my net gun, my lightning gun. Um, I've got some of that immobilizing serum. Or it's rather, I'm sorry, it's a pain serum. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I've got my snake person detector. And I'm wearing my Faraday suit. Gotcha. I have my armor on underneath my clothes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, you can't take that off, can you? Yeah, he can't. It's just gonna be painful when he does. <laughs> All right. He must smell bad by now. He's been wearing it for a while. It washes like skin. Yeah, it's it's um, like a web as well. It's like a web as well, so it doesn't cover his whole skin. So he just washes well, the patches that are exposed. Looks so like when we're, uh, go ahead. I was gonna when, say it's like a fishnet thing underneath. When we're together, and she's gone to the truck, and we're gonna go over and to her i want to say so guys let's let's convene about this for just a moment did you we want know... to know what i've got before we move on oh i'm sorry go oh, ahead oh yeah i've got yeah, yeah me and the doc are still gonna um so sorry about that um so magnus has his rifle his tommy uh his bowie knife uh his pistol his 12 gauge strapped to his leg um i think i've also got one of the uh the throwing needles that um, Gerhard gave me when I was in Oklahoma. I've still mm -hmm. got that. Um, I've got rope, med kits, handcuffs, um, cigarettes. Yeah. That's, I think, the extent of my stuff. Yeah, I've got a, a medical kit, uh, also a field trauma kit three syringes of unmarked green stuff that glows a little bit, five <laughs> type three 
tranquilizer darts with a small handy handheld dart gun. I'm hoping to get an upgraded one eventually from Audi and a medium knife. Oh yes, along with a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a nightcap handy at all times. That's the yeah. important bit. <laughs> and I, I do have my tools and things like that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't stop picturing Magnus with this massive, like, uh, hiking backpack that's just stuffed with guns. <laughs> and ammo. No, they're all the ammo. one here and one here. And one here. Well, yeah, he's got one here. What the shotgun structure's leg. Then he's got they're like the the ones that you can like spin it up. So they're mm-hmm. on like holsters across. So, well, I don't have actually, anything big. So yeah. Um. So now that we're, we're together and quiet. His thing. We're going out to Snuffles Jokel to see if we can find the entrance to this lab, this snake prison lab. What I'm worried about is how do we find this place? Are we really going to go out and hike all around the. Well, I think, yeah, we, we go out there once. We study the road, like the paths it takes to get here, and we take a truck and we, we can go a bit of off roading and find it. Yeah, it stands to reason that uh, looking at the map, there's not a huge road network, so we should be able and, to follow. And the as Magnus, Magnus said, he's tr- a tracker, so you might be able to track if you can find Vormis footprints. Oh yeah, I could definitely. If I mean, we if can find out where the hell they're coming from. If they're as big as what they're, uh, uh, the Caduceus said they were, they'll definitely be leaving some tracks. I had another question though. Um, your your little uh, and I'm keeping my voice low. Um, the the detector you got the, the thing. The snake that, detector. Yeah, would you be able to set that up so it it doesn't just, it's not just on a person. You could set it up so you could actually track, use it to track, certain person pheromones or something like that. It's a good the, idea. The problem is, is it it's not detecting something that it's seeing. It's detecting something that it's smelling. So. Well, in in yeah, proximity to somebody who gives off, well, it's the pheromones were right, yeah. But if you're in a room, it's not going to work as well as if you're outside, for instance. That's, that's how like a dog would track by smell. So I mean, if it's sensitive, it might. Well, yeah, dog's sensitive enough to where he could tell you from me, but in this case, my thing's not sensitive. It's just going to tell if it's snake or not. Right. So if you're in a room with a bunch of snake, now if I get it close to somebody and I test it. I'll get a clearer reading. Adi, you got to work on a breed of snake hounds. Snake hounds? Yup. Yes. Creepy, but cool. Well, you did meet something like that in Bolivia. That's uh, right. The Komodo dragon looking things. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go meet our... our, uh, Did you say Brunhilde? Uh, Gunhilde. 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 Now, I'll... Also, they said lots of shooting stars and other things in the sky. I wonder if that could be Migo. Oh. It might not be. Well, I know a little. I told you guys a little oh, yeah. bit what I yeah, learned. You, 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 you've learned too much. <laughs> no, no, the, the stories that we've heard, uh, I, I don't know if it's been verified at all, but w- what about these supposed trolls are they just active at night or is that just when they're that was that was on me um the legends are that if the troll is exposed to sunlight it turns to stone 
but that could be entirely mythological. And the uh, the fact is is that these things can come out anytime they want. Yeah, maybe they're nocturnal, and in which case that would make them possible. It's also uh, possible if it was light that uh, maybe we could rig up something that could create a like a uh, what do we want to call it ultraviolet? Yeah, that might oh. burn them. Would I know anything else about the uh, Vormos? Yeah, I, th I think the you Vormos. passed your role to uh, to know about them last time. Yeah. Uh, they are primarily nocturnal, um, but they can come out during the day. It's just that it's not their default method. Um, they normally live underground, or at least in caves, uh, where, oddly enough, it's dark. So they do have an affinity for low light or darkness, but it doesn't stop them coming out in the day. Right. And I'll reiterate and as far as all the, that. As far as the me go, I mean, we've, I've, I've talked to Dr. Uh, Gonsalves, and I mean, he's mentioned the Miko before. They've got some technology that belongs to the Miko. I don't know what it is, but um, could it be Miko? Who knows? Could it be the a volcanic phenomena? Probably. Um, but the shooting star thing has me a little worried because, you know, a lot of these texts talk about when stars align and, and astrological things and we have volcano, astrological phenomenon, and vormis all together. Something deeper, definitely well, deeper. What if what if people are only thinking something shooting stars? Yeah, shooting stars aren't really right. stars, you know. That's why I was thinking Migo and their flying machines. You can also give me an int roll because there's something else that might come to mind for you all. Uh, Eleven. The bubble things. The serpent people. That's have what I was looking at. Yeah. Those anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need the roll. I was just like, what about that thing? The transport spheres, yes. Well, that's if we I what do we do if we find that the inner knight are here? Well, we kill them. Yeah, well Why that's we not necessary. What if I'm there's a hundred and fifty of them? Well, exactly. There must be a I'll kick point. all of them. <laughs> do <laughs> we just contact Caduceus and say, Holy shit, they're here? Yep. That's what I say. Let them send in the the shock troops. Yeah, this could just be a suicide mission for them to get rid of us. Connor and Magnus are about equivalent of two platoons worth of shock troops. I and still only see two eyes on each of their heads, so they can't see um, everything. <laughs> guys, um, just before we do head over to the uh, um, to the the truck and start uh, start this little journey, I'm assuming when we were in Dublin, I might have got the chance to fill the others in on um, finding Angel's mum and everything that kind of went on. So you guys are kind of, uh, you, you guys are filled in on that situation. Right. Um, because, of, I mean, if, if we just received the letter to say that he'd quit and he was gone on his way, it might've been okay. But the fact that he finally found his mother after all this time, did what he did and then gave me a note to you know, or the, the, this you know, to go to his address and that kind of thing, um, and then I, when I went to his mother, she said that she did a reading for him, and then he he kind of ran off. We have to possibly be under the impression because you, you just reminded me, Artie was saying that you know they might be sending us out here to on a suicide mission. They might be sending us out here to get rid of us. We have to prepare that maybe they've already gotten rid of. 
Well, we don't trust them at all anyway. I yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, Angel's pretty damn slippery. I uh, think Johnny's going to go and try and kill Meetum, and if it kills himself doing it, I think he'll do it. Hmm. I think yeah, he'll show up in a week. <laughs> if, if do we have like a, a a hotel, a place that we'll be staying or bunking uh, as a headquarters here? Yeah, they they will arrange for a effectively a B and B in the town here. So, so what I'd like to do is is put uh, maybe jot down that address and uh, 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 Angel write down Angel at such and such address and put it on the post board at the at the airport you know where the, all the passengers come they had post boards all that was very popular back then yeah yeah so put that up so can catch so up this is what i think we're going to go out there today yeah we're going to kind of survey i think that she said we're coming back here before dark uh we can get eyes we can make our plans after that right yeah, yeah. keep our eyes open but, um that like let's not maybe we don't have to report back straight away to uh Right. And if we do report back, we don't have to give every bit of information away. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And also, um, uh, I'll no longer, that last report back in Oklahoma, I'll no longer, I was much more under the assumption that we were much more with Caduceus at the time. Uh, I will be clear with all of you first before uh, communicating again. Absolutely. If at all. We'll all be on the same page. Okay, just, just you know, just to be thoroughly paranoid, we should uh, test Grunhilda. Grunhilda. Oh, good call. Grunhilda. Is Grun sure she's is, not is, a serpent person. Is Let me. Uh, um, a, a good-looking young woman. No, uh, yeah, she's um, in. If you were to put a figure on it, uh, her appearance would be fifty. So okay, she's, she's all right. Not, She's better she, than a snake. Then, she's basically. a big blonde. She's <laughs> she's, a, she's not Gerhard's type. <laughs> she she's she's a big blonde Icelander. So, I, I'll tell you what. Let me sit up in the front. I was gonna sit in the back, but let me sit up in the front, and I'll I'll scan her while I'm sitting there. She won't even know what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can easily uh, you can easily sit up alongside her. She's quite chatty on the um, on the drive up there. All right, um, I'm chatty too. So yeah. Um, She's also driving fairly slow because the roads are pretty bad. Even when you set off, there is another earth tremor. So again, the earth rumbles and it's it's audible. You you can hear it rumble. Um, which again, a few more worried looks amongst the staff at the camp. And then the <laughs> truck rolls off. The journey is going to take you about two hours, even though it's only uh, about ten miles, because the roads are in pretty poor repair. As you leave the, the town and start heading out into the, you know, the gaps between the villages and towns out here, um, the road surface is cracked, it's unlevel, um, there's definite signs of some fairly heavy seismic activity. And as you're chatting away, uh, your test come, comes back negative. Um, she is 100% Icelandic. Matt, just one question. It's only us and Grunhilde in the truck? That's all. Okay. That's it. No Richards. So I'm I'm in the back. Uh, was there anyone else in the front with you, Gilly? Is um, there two people in the front? You said yeah, two people and three in the uh, back. Oh, three in the front. Yeah. Okay, so I'm in the middle in the front. I'll yeah, I'll sit in the, in the back. back. I'll, I'll be I'll be up front. Yeah, I was gonna say let's have some protection in both. Cool. Okay. 
So as you're driving along then, so she's making small talk about uh, examples of uh, some tourists that have come out here uh, about following the, following in the footsteps of Jules Verne, that she's been doing this for, for quite some time. Um, she grew up in the area. Um, brother's a fisherman in the local village and the local village there, so he's, he, she keeps in touch with him every so often. And he's just talking normal, mundane stuff. How? When was the last group of tourists you brought up here? Oh, probably about a couple of months ago. I mean, it gets you only get the diehard group come out um, come out in the winter. Um, but the things were picking. We're hoping for things to pick up during summer, but then, of course, all this all this started and it's kind of gone rapidly downhill. Uh, most of the people have been evacuated uh, out here now. That's so probably a good idea, yeah. Mm. Also, that's what most of the, uh, the local authorities have been taking care of. Um, I understand your uh, Caduceus group were going to be helping out with uh, more of the effort, but doesn't seem like they're needed much, so I'm... Uh... No, but we've got, we've got you know, between the, f the five of us, we've got uh, quite a lot of you know, intelligent backgrounds and, and expertise in various fields. So we're also kind of, you know, assessing what kind of serious danger you guys have out here. Um, whatever we can do to help. Have, have you had um, uh, uh, local geologists survey the uh, potential damage that if this volcano blew, how much uh, damage it would cause? I, we, we've had some scientists from uh, Reykjavik come out. Um, yeah, again, that's part of the reason the recommendation is why the evacuation started happening, because they're fairly sure that it was going to blow at some point, and that's what all the signs are pointing towards. Um, no one's quite too sure when it's, when it's going to go up, but they're fairly sure it is going to go up. Well, let's hope it doesn't go up when we're on it. Of course, we won't know. Oh, trust me, if it, get, if it gets, to that, gets to that point, you'll uh, hear me breaking the sound barrier while I go run back <laughs> to the car, or run back to the van, the truck. So I'm curious if there are caves as well on the mountainside. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's some cave networks. There's mainly formed by old um, lava lava flows and lava mm -hmm. tunnels. Sure. So, yeah, they they honeycomb the mountain, honeycomb the volcano, and the oh. and the surrounding area throughout most of the peninsula. That's I think why Vern again got his idea of it being that there's a way down to the center of the earth if you follow the right tunnels. Well, it makes sense. Uh, I've seen those only once before in uh, in uh, the United States at Mount Lassen. Uh, strange, strange to be there because they look almost man-made. They're like perfect tunnels. Uh, these, are, these are pretty dangerous. If I've been down a few of them. Um, they can get very jagged. The rocks can be very jagged. They're sharp as knives. Mm. Um, if you get if you hit the wrong one, so if you do start climbing around out there, be be careful where you put your hands and feet, because you might oh. find you suddenly have one cut off. Oh yeah, just realised I hadn't put my gloves on. I put my gloves on. As as you're driving along, then you're passing through fairly monotonous uh, landscapes, very stark, very cold, uh, lots of rolling hills of rock. Um, dotted with snow and ice, uh, black beaches, uh, black fine sand. It's it's a very unhospitable landscape. And as you're driving, uh, as she's driving around one corner, uh, the rock, the road, well, in this case, more of a dirt track, 
uh, goes around several large boulders it's getting towards. You're probably only a few miles, maybe about a mile, even less than that, out from the volcano, and you can see it very prominently uh, rising up from the um, from the horizon. She drives around a corner. Give me, you can all give me spot hidden rolls. There's one thing that's going to be blatantly obvious, but there's something else that's a, maybe a little... 82. Yeah, 73. Yeah. Uh, 23, which is a hard pass. Well, by 96, I believe I... Uh... Oh, I've got keen eye. Uh-huh. Yeah, that gives, you a, uh, that gives you a bonus die. Yeah. Definitely use that. I still fail. <laughs> well, failure just means you don't take the sand check. Um, for the rest of you, um, the first thing is that you hear an almighty roar. I mean, a bellow louder than anything you've heard so uh, so far. And it's overshadowed by this huge boulder about easily eight foot across that lands in the middle of the road and explodes almost like a cannonball with rock pieces of rock flying off in all directions. Those of you... Um, that pass your sand check, see what through it. Um, it's easily 12 foot tall. Its skin, or what presumably passed as one point as, a, as its skin, looks like it's almost turned to stone. There's flecks of moss and bits of uh, grass and even growing out from between the cracks. It's somewhere between a mockery of an ape and a dog with these huge... Oh, curved claw-like hands that's standing a little bit round the um, again the edge from the boulder uh, this large rock face on your left um its arms up in the air roaring its head off as it's looking towards you evidently having thrown the boulder so those of you that pass your spot hidden and see the thing can give me a sand check please i assume grunhilda slams on the brakes oh yes in fact, she will Pass. do a third check. So that will be... Yep, she indeed does make her drive check. She slams on the brakes before she hits the uh, the rest of the wreckage of the boulder in the middle of the road. So now, hmm? is the thing run away or is it just standing there? Because I assume if it's not moving, we're all going to see it. So I should roll too then. It's mainly the... Because you've come to a stop... It's only certain people are looking in that. Oh, okay, okay. Looking in that direction, but also looking past the big boulder that's just landed in the middle of the road. Uh, those of you that passed your sand check, it is a one point if you succeed. Anyone fail? No, no D eight get rolled. That's fine. What the hell? Oh, just you wait. What was that? Jeez, a boulder. Did so it come down, running down the hill? I saw it, so I'm gonna be uh, kicking the back of the uh, um, kicking, kicking. I am kicking the back door open uh, and swinging up. Uh, did you say it was 12 feet tall? It's pretty big. Uh, mechanically, this thing is build seven. It is huge. Okay, Magnus, so I'm gonna be pulling out going? the uh, the big gun, the elephant gun, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just gonna be kind of walking up. Um, and so eventually, I'm assuming they're going to follow the eyeline of my gun mm-hmm. and clock this velocity. Uh, especially as this thing is now bounding towards you. Um, oh, it's, it's coming! Yeah, yeah. It's not moving. In terms of its decks, it's not very dexterous. 
but it's got fucking long, huge legs. This thing is striding and bounding towards you as well as picking up speed. Okay. Okay. I'm going to make the rest of us. Yeah. Now, now that it comes yeah. in, now okay. that it comes into plain view, you can indeed give me a sound check. Well, I'm I'm jumping out of the car. Just an avalanche. I see what he's looking at. I'm guessing this is something that in my head <clears throat> that Gilly and the Doc might want to do tests on. So I'm going to aim for like a leg or a kneecap or something. Not, yep. I don't want to make a killing shot. I just want, like real, real quick before he takes a shot, because I would have followed him out. I wanted to make a move. He could be mad at me, but I wanted to try something before yeah, no, he no, shot. No, I, if, no, if I yeah. see him raising the gun, I want to try and push the gun out of the way at the same time screaming and Nakal, stop in the name of the queen. Okay. Yeah. You, you can yell at it. Um, give me a... Actually, give me a Nakal roll. So roll against your skill. Uh, I passed my sanity. Okay. 0060. All right. One point. 26 with the first one, and I have a 46 skill. And my bonus dice, no. So a 26, which would be just a normal success. But I'm going to spend six points and make it a hard. Okay. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about spending okay. that. A success is enough to... Uh, well, in fact, uh, count this as a pass on a psychology roll. Um, you've just yelled at it in the language of its oppressor. You're now its prime target. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Which of his Yeah, the certain oh, people enslaved these, uh, enslaved the Vormis, and he's just yelled in certain oh. person language. Oh, yes, I right. did yeah, know yeah, that, well. but I thought it yeah. could make oh. him, like... Control. control. Yeah. No, this, this so thing does is... that give me, um, does it give me a penalty dice on my shot, then? Uh, given that it's it's moving anyway, so it would count as a moving target, the fact it's so big, you still get a plus, you still get a... Um, bonus die. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll send into, send into Dex order because this thing is it charges towards you, roaring yeah. as it does. So, um, well, Gunhilda for the uh, for the course of this is basically going to leg it. Um, she gets out of the car and runs like hell. Otherwise, yeah, so Dex right. order. I have Magnus on ninety. What do you want to do? Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm going to try and. Um... Try and put it down. I don't want to kill it. I just want to try and stop it. Okay, give me firearms. Um, that is going to be a hard pass. Okay. Um, on my yeah, rifle. This is not the Matrix, so there's no chance of dodging it. Roll damage. Okay. Yeah, make the bear mad. <laughs> 12 feet tall. Jesus. <laughs> God. And the rest. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so that's... 21. Okay, give me a spot hidden roll. Uh, spot hidden roll, okay. Um, regular pass. You barely scratched it. This thing has almost a stone wall around it because it's oh. almost uh, almost petrified. Yeah, you, you you've scratched it with that shot. It's mad. Doesn't it, so it doesn't react at all to the. Oh no! You you see a bit of it get blown off, and you see a very thin trickle of this dark, very dark reddish blood spewing from the crack in the rock. But yeah, that that just got through its armor. 
Okay, that was and 90. Arm. That's oh. the biggest gun I've got. <laughs> oh, oh, Gerhard. If, if, maybe instead of in the name of the queen, if it understood that, you could shout like, you know, we're, we're against them. We're not I don't think you the have queen. the chance Too late to talk. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on, um, on 75, it is Gilly on Mr. Odd. Um, I've pulled out my lightning gun. I've set it for level five mm -hmm. and pointed it upward towards the thing's head and fired. Give me a roll. All right. Uh, 25 out of 40. That's a hit. So I hit it. And then I do 1d10 times five. Well, uh, 5d10. Yeah, 5d10. What did I say? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> did Adi break 30, his own safety measures? 36. No, five is the limit. No, I thought it was three. I wonder if the Nick gun would work on this. That's what I was thinking, actually. Yeah. The 36 electrical damage and a thunderstrike. That might go through an armor, maybe. Yeah, that definitely goes through. Uh, you blow a large chunk of its shoulder off. So nice. one arm is dangling down. Uh, but this thing is still coming. Um, it's roaring as it's doing so, partly in anger, um, but also now in definite pain. You, you, you really did hurt it. Who else has the other one? Uh, Magnus? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Connor's got it. I do. I have it. Next, though, is the good doctor. So. <laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, get the hell out of its way with uh, maximum leg velocity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, give me a dex roll to see how much you can put your uh, put distance between. Okay. Um, I'm going to spend four points of luck so I don't fall because I just failed. I got 74 out of 70, so. Okay, so four points brings it down to a, brings it down to a regular success. You start running out the way so you can move your, your normal move rate. Then next is Gerhard. Uh, so do I see blood from the shoulder? Oh, yeah, the, the, you can see that there is this kind of hairy matted uh, flesh underneath this stone layer. It's... Definitely bits of it have been petrified, but not all of it. And it definitely seems like there is still some biological bit working underneath all this. Is I'm it still gonna... running at him? Oh, yeah, it's still charging. I'm going to take the fang and try and do a called shot on the flesh of the arm. Maybe okay. we could stun it. All right, so the called and... shot will take away the bonus die that you normally get for it, so it just makes it a straight roll. So I got a 55 out of 73. So I'm going to spend the 14 points to make it a hard. Okay. All right. It's not going to try and dodge. Um, it is going to try and bat it out the way, though. So it's going to effectively try and parry. So it's going to be its fighting brawl against the dart as it's coming. My dice are great, as always. Uh, <laughs> 83 is a definite fail. So, it hits. Oh, 
quickly look up the mechanics. 1D, the... Uh, 1D6 rounds paralyzed. I think it needs some, a hard con chuck. He's big, though, man. It's also yeah. on humans, not on... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vormus. Unless I roll zero zero, because if I need to get under half of its con, its con is 300. Holy crap. Ah. I do roll 95, so almost. Uh, wow. <laughs> Not quite. So, no, it does... It does ease... The thing sticks in him, but it easily doesn't take... Uh, the serum doesn't take hold. Worth a shot. Mm -hmm. Not true. That was on 60... So Connor goes five points of dex ahead of it because it goes on dex 40. Yeah. Oh. Oof. Coming in and clutch. So getting out of the truck, I'm going to crack the whip. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to blast it with the lightning gun turn oh. up to five. <laughs> okay. Um, give me an intimidate roll. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, five with my bonus dice for being scary. So that is an extreme success. Okay, um, in which case it does actually turn away from uh, from Gerhardt because it knows what that is. Yeah. So it, if anything, it starts angling itself uh, well towards you, but there you can see there's this look of kind of confusion that crosses its stony face if it could if it could emote. Uh, beyond just rage and this open mouth of a roar, that it's uh, torn between ah oppressors, but uh, you, you've got one of those. It's, it's kind of almost feel bad for it. And it's I'm going to shoot it with the lightning gun. So there we go. You definitely get your bonus die. <laughs> Let's see, twenty-two. You know what? I have the luck. I'm going to spend. Eight points to get an extreme success. Okay. Piercing. Well, that doesn't because uh, it's not it's not piercing. It just oh, it's not piercing. Okay. No, so, but it okay. does mean you do just do straight max damage. Okay. Well, I will do that then. So that will be fifty damage. Okay. Uh, wow. Minus, minus the eighteen points of armor it has brings that down to thirty-two. God, it's a tank. It's now got its action because it's not dead yet. Oh my god. And um, this is one of the baby ones. And this is one of them. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is one on its own. Although, um, Gerhardt, because you're the one that uh, passed your uh, Cthulhu Mythos check on the Vormis early, um, early in the previous session, I'll give you some free info on this. This is much, much, much bigger than the things that you've read about. This right. they shouldn't be this big. They should be about human sized. That's what I thought, but and also the the whole stone petrification thing. Again, this sounds right for trolls, but that's right. not what you know about the board. I thought they were more hairy. Hmm. Can I yell one more thing or no? A quick uh, when when it rolls round to the next yeah. round. Okay. Yeah. I think he's definitely going to um, hit the guy that's hurt him the most. And cracked the whip at him. <laughs> Is that your, you're declaring a fight back with the whip? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, my fighting brawl against yours, as it basically brings this huge fist, all these fists, plural, uh, down towards you. Oh, shit. Oh, I passed. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, Regular success. I ooh. Okay. He rolls a one. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that good. It's twenty. Um, but that well, he, is a well. That's yep. well under my half. That's his first attack. Okay. So, oh, getting trauma kit ready. Trauma <laughs> kit. I need to uh, find more dice. So let's... <laughs> he needs to find more dice. Well, I've got three d six. Find six. Because uh, it's damage bonus is six d six. Damn. Six d six. Oh my god. Six d six or six d. Oh, no, six d dice. Yeah. Six six-sided dice. Seven, eight, nine, oh, okay. <laughs> 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 on the first hit. Okay, so remember that thing you were telling me when letting you know if I would take a regular uh, major wound at some point? That just happened. Huzzah! Right. Oh, so 17, you said? Trauma yep. kit. Covered in scales. Trauma kit's ready. Okay. He knocked the flesh off him. So I'm going to spend. <laughs> yeah, can I spend 20 luck right now to regain 1d6 hit points? Yes. Yep, you certainly can. I'm going to do that. When, 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 the, uh, when the fight's over, we'll uh, go over what, uh, what physical changes start to manifest there. Okay. And it does get two attacks around. Uh, so it is going to smack you again. Five more hit points. I'm coming, Connor! <laughs> uh, as you have um, already either dodged or fought back, it gets the, overwhelm um, it gets the overwhelming bonus. So it does get a bonus die on the attack. Do I still get to oppose it or no? Oh, you still get to oppose it. It's just that after you've done either a fight back or dodge, that it then gets a, um, it or any other attacker would get a bonus die attacking oh. you in the same round. Still got to try to fight back. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not so great. <laughs> That's an O2. You're much better than me. 37 is my best of those two. And so that was just a regular. So enjoy the whip, buddy. <laughs> Okay, right. Get the uh, get the pain whip mechanics out after it. I get smashed to the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it almost kicks, almost punches you into next week, and then you uh, then you hit back with this thing on it. Right, the piss it off, <laughs> and it's already pissed <laughs> off. Oh, it's it's mad. It definitely is yeah. mad. Right, inflicts one d three damage plus half your damage bonus. And oh, then makes a hard right. con roll, which again zero zero would be the only way it screws up. Uh, Eighty four is not zero zero. Uh, okay, so three roll. damage. Mm -hmm. It has a range of twelve feet. Well, you still you still inflict damage on it. Admittedly, yep. um, that does not get through its armor. Yeah, but so it'll still do the pain effect if it was. A successful hit, but it doesn't do any damage in that case because it's got it's like 18 points of armor. Um, as you are right up close and personal to it, though, it, this thing is on its last legs. So we go up to the top of the next round. So, Magnus. Okay. Um, I'm going to try something because I'm trying to. I've thought, I've seen all this happen, and I saw the reaction to Gerhard yelling out what he said. I do speak a little bit in the Carl, so I'm assuming I would have been able to pick up what he said. Mm -hmm. um, and I remembered that they were enslaved, so I'm going to get onto the hood of the truck and I'm going to try and yell over the everything in the Carl. Um, we're here to kill the serpent people. Okay, you can roll Nakal. Okay. 
Uh, I'm going to spend the 15 luck to pass uh, that. Oh, okay. In which case, it turns and looks at you. Um, you can see there's definitely a look of recognition again that it hears you. And there's almost this conflicted look that you get that passes, uh, passes over its eyes. Now that you're this close to it, you're not too sure it's anger about you speaking the language of its oppressor. I mean, that's, that's part of it. But also, this thing is enraged and maddened by hunger. It's looking for stuff to eat. And it's just that presenting it with an oppressor just meant that, hey, that's, that's the one that's going to be on the, dinner tape, on the dinner plate. But now that you're saying that, it does, again, it kind of stumbles and halts, but it's still driven much by its hunger than, than anything else. We don't happen to have a spare, like, dead deer in the back of the truck by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think this thing might be looking for something a bit bigger than deer. <laughs> All right, that deer. was 90. The odds up on 75. But I've, it's, it has stopped. Oh, yeah, it's, it's stationary for the minute. Okay. Whew. Might be better to have this thing on our side. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. My turn, did you say? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a 20 out of 40, so a half. Okay. I'm firing the lightning gun again, sorry. Oh, I got it. oh okay. So <laughs> I, uh, how, many, how many charges? Five. Okay, uh, roll it, because there is, a, there is a slim chance that you might roll low enough that it doesn't get through. 10, uh, 13, uh, 18, 21, uh, 27. 27 minus 18 is 9, and it had 7 left. Um, you blow pretty much a hole straight through its neck so that you can see out the other side, at which point this look of, because it was looking directly at Magnus, you see its eyes go slightly quizzical for a second, roll back in its head, and then it just falls backwards and hits the ground with this almighty thud. Serves you right, you bastard. <laughs> huh. Marcelo, scan scan the, the, the cliffs. Yeah, okay. Uh, so go, help, go help Connor. He's, yeah, he's I, really I to, injured. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm rushing to, uh, with, I've got the trauma kit at the ready. Dive in right by Connor's side and go to work. Okay. I forgot about that. <laughs> right, in oh, which gosh. case, you rush over to Connor, and yeah, you can see that... Uh, Hmm. Something's different about him as you get up close. Uh, you have now entered stage two hybridization. Um, the wound here is mainly blunt force trauma. Um, you've been caught pretty much square in the chest and, uh, well, given the size of its fist, uh, covering from the chest right the way down to your abdomen. Uh, where you would expect to normally see a lot of bruising and potentially broken bones and the like, there are scales that you can see starting to form out of the um, out of the bare flesh if you undo his undo his shirt. Uh, is, 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 is this normal, Connor? Is what normal? The, 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 the scales. The, the <coughs> scales. The... Mm -hmm. Oh, those are that's new. Yeah, for, Connor can feel his skin <laughs> tightening and hardening, and this almost barely all of a perceptual pop, 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 as all the scales start to overlay each other and form. Um, 
you because it's an area that you can easily hide um the penalty at this point isn't particularly uh bad for you but you do lose five points of app oh gosh now i have a 35 yep. and you gain one point of natural armor Ooh. Do any of my skills even pertain to this species now, or can I still assist with uh, trauma and medical? Oh, you, you can still do first aid. That is not a problem. Oh, that's it? Just first aid? Okay. Well, any any medical skill will take time and is usually uh, for a Got hospital it. environment. Okay. Oh, nice. 18. Uh, that's an extreme. Uh, la, 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 let me see. Let me, let me make sure it's an extreme. One second. First aid, first aid, first aid, first aid. Oh, there it is. Okay, first aid, 68. No, that's not an extreme, but it's a hard. Okay. Uh, do you want to spend the luck to make it extreme or happy with it just a hard? Uh, oh, I'll, uh, let's see, wait. Let's see, hard is, um, okay. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll spend seven points and go, uh, go to an extreme for ex maximum help. Gotcha. In which case, Connor can regain four hit points. Ooh, nice. Back up to 26. All right. Thank you. I think I'll be be fine now. All right. You, you can hear that uh, kind of just ruffling of all these tumbling of rocks nearby and Gunhilde poked up uh, slowly her head becomes visible from behind one of the rocks, just quivering her eyes looking from one side to the other. Here's your fairy tale. Here's your fairy tale. And I tell her in Icelandic. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, go up to Magnus and help him off the roof and I say, so Magnus, uh, you like apples? No, I'm allergic. No? Well, how do you like them apples? And I show him my gun. <laughs> My little gadget did more damage than you did. I'm uh, in investigating the Vormus, mm -hmm. taking a vial of blood, trying to... Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, let's examine this thing. Oh, head to toe. Yeah, I, I, I need to do studies on this. You can give me then a your choice of either spot hidden or medicine. Okay, spot hidden. I've got keen eye, spot hidden of 65, or do I do medicine of 80? Uh, yeah, we'll do, we'll do two shots at 65. I think that's a better percentage chance. Ooh, oh, 03. Boom. Perfect. Great. Okay. In which case, it doesn't take you too long to find then, but as you're going over, it's very rocky surface it does indeed look as though it's been petrified but there are signs because of where the flesh has turned to stone you can find track marks uh, this thing was injected with something and it looks like it was repeatedly injected and perhaps a very long time ago we're, we're, we're talking four figure years here oh, thousands geez. of years so this thing is ancient but given the way that the, the muscle tissue that you find isn't exactly um, as you would expect underneath the stone, this it's showing signs like it's almost something that's come out of very deep hibernation. But prior to it having fallen asleep, 
that it had been ex you think this thing is a is a victim of a medical experiment of some kind I'm relaying all this to everybody and trying to do a quick mini class in what I, as I'm seeing it here. Well, that's, that's what they were doing, wasn't it? I mean, if you, if you're going to enslave a, a race to be your slaves. Enhance them. Then, to uh, yeah. Eventually you're going to start enhancing them to be bigger and better slaves. Yeah. And the volcano opening up released it from its hibernation. Yeah. Well, so maybe we or somebody like, else uh, did. Or somebody you said else. They were in like a lower section of the road like so there was like higher bits yeah, yeah. i'm going to climb up to get a bit of view and see if there's any more coming or stuff like that i'm going to talk to grunhilda yeah that's what i was going to say too and how's I'm your how's icelandic doc? pretty good maybe you can talk to her in icelandic um i call her over mm -hmm. and with a uh, gill and myself walk closer to her away from the creature and I'm calling her over in her native language to it's all right you know and so when she approaches if she approaches yeah she, she'll do it somewhat tentatively but she does come over um, she's keeping her eyes mainly fixed on the massive corpse on the ground it, it's and, dead in uh, in Natal I sort of yell over at uh, Gerhard I say um, tell her the truth but not all of the truth. You know. This is why we're here, I tell her. We heard rumors of these creatures, and you, you've heard of Bigfoot and Sasquatch, right? You've heard of trolls. <laughs> well, and I look around like if somebody else could hear us, but I know I'm doing it as acting. We're out in the middle of no, no, I'm, I'm uh, playing it up for, right, for right. Hilda. That's why we're here. We need to keep you have to be in our confidence. Now you're part of this, un unfortunately. That's why we're really here. There was a rumor to be a few of these creatures here we came to investigate. You need to keep your silence about this. Imagine the panic that would spread over Iceland if people knew these were real. There is not many of them. This one was, was violent. Some of them shouldn't be. They're hungry. They want to eat. But now you, you're you're part of our our secret tribe now. Like I'm trying to make her our feel included. Tribe. No, you know. She she kind of shakes her head slightly, again looking back at the body and then looking back to you and saying, "Well, like anyone would believe me if I said anything anyway." But I'm, and suddenly all this like a penny drop happens behind her eyes. What about my brother? He said that they'd seen these things at the village. And I know he, he hadn't evacuated with the others yet. I looked to the guy, uh, Gil. The village. Well, hopefully they're far enough away. They haven't... Uh, I mean, there's a danger. We've got to stop this at the, the source. That's what we're they're here on, for. They're only on the other side of the volcano. It's about, again, another couple of miles from here. Well, well, I want to check up on them because of this thing. We're, we're hungry. We're actually very surprised, you understand, because they usually only come out at the, in the dark uh, and they, they live underground. So that's why I was asking you about tunnels. Now, did the creature have any clothing, artifacts, bag, anything? Um, it didn't have any possessions on it. Um, 
but with having the good doctor having got such a good role uh, you can see there are flecks of blood on its hands that you're pretty certain isn't connor isn't connor's um if anything it looks like several different types of blood uh, one of which is a distinctly greenish color but that's about the only thing that's on it it definitely didn't have any possessions well we'll keep that out of grunhilde's uh ears yeah. <laughs> do you guys suppose Yeah, somebody's waking these things up. Yep. It's these earthquakes. I mean, it's... No, but the earthquakes are caused by... I'm saying this quietly. Yeah. The earthquakes are caused by the volcano, which is designed to destroy these things if they get out of hand. I think that, the, that we've, got a, we've got good signs that the inner night are here, that they have started up the experiments and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that they've they've triggered the uh, the bomb or whatever it is the volcano. Um, we don't know what the extent. What if there's what if there's thousands of these things? Well, we need to we need to look for this this uh, research lab or facility that they have. Yeah. And 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 ascertain the the size of their their presence. You know, if and it's just a dozen or so. Well, and the thing is. Uh, you you pointed out here that it looks like they're being mutated, right? What mm-hmm. if this is just one kind of mutation? I mean, when you're making when you're making uh, um, tools to do your work for you, you don't just make one kind of tool. Exactly, worker bees, warrior bees. Yeah. Gr- Grunhilda, did your brother say how many they thought they saw? They didn't say how many. Um, they just said that they had seen some, but I know plural. Um, I can't imagine anyone wanting to stay living in a home that close to them if there was any more than two that they'd seen. He looks back at the body. But yeah, they, they said plural. You said your brother's here on the mountain on the other side? Yeah, he's in a, he's let's, a fisherman. Let's, um, get, let's get to them now and tell them to that, evacuate. That's what I'm thinking. It's so, uh, on the other side of the volcano. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get in the car and see if we can get there. Um, Brunhilde, what we'll do is we'll... we'll Magnus, got... you, you could drive. Sorry, Tom, I didn't mean to... Yeah, well, that's exactly where I was going. Is we don't need to put you in danger, but let's get you to your brother and let's get them and get out of here. And then we'll come back on our own and try to take care of this problem. Um, I'm going to whistle from up on the cliff. I do a high-pitched whistle. And then um, gonna gesture for them to come up. Oh, okay. I'll hike on up. Mm-hmm. Yep, you you get to the top of this pretty big, uh, pretty big rock formation. The way the road was kind of bending round it. That's what that's what Magnus is stood on top of at the moment. What you see, Magnus? Well, you can see. Uh, this is where the. Uh, Troll or whatever the Vormus came along. You can see that he's mushed the bushes across over there, uh, and then there's the giant fucking hole in the ground. Holy oh, sh- I don't think that he came from the hole. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, that's where the tree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about 400, 400 feet out. You think it's very close to uh, not the horizon as such, but definitely like the rise of the hill going towards the volcano. 
Well, let's remember this spot. I think that we need to get Grunhilda to safety as long as, and she said her brother's out here, so. What, what time of day is this? Is this getting close to dark or we still have lots of daylight? Oh, lots of daylight. Bear in mind you're okay. this far north and it's getting towards uh, the middle of the year. Yeah, the days are long here. Oh, good, good. Um, is, is the truck one of those ones that's got like a rack on the top that you can put like luggage and stuff? Oh, there'll be plenty of room even on, underneath the benches at the back. So you've got plenty of storage space. No, I mean, because I, would it be possible for me to like ride on top of the truck? Oh, to uh, keep an eye out. You, you could ride on top of the kind of the crew cab at the front. The back yeah. is kind of an open, open plan thing. Um, but yeah, you can definitely go on top of the crew cab. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that then. Do we have the best driver here? Magnus, no? I am. Oh, Connor. Way better driver than me. Okay. He drove us out of the yellow plague thing, right? I I would I drove yellow plague. I drove through the desert. Yeah. In Oklahoma. Right. To make success. <laughs> Same. On a on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> I and now I'm gonna try and uh, use some psychology on from uh, uh, Grunhilde to try and keep her sane because I'm okay. sure she's traumatized a bit. Oh, 21 out of 38. Hmm. Right, you're you're fairly sure that she only took ma a mild shock from seeing it in terms of her sanity. Um, she passed her roll. So okay. she only lost the one point. So she's not cracking up uh, around the edges yet. Good. But she, it's definitely something that would scare a normal person that's not been exposed to any mythos threat before. Probably imagined these things her whole life, though, because of that. Yeah, but ne never really treated them too seriously, it seemed. Mm -mm. So you're planning on driving to the village or leaving the hole in the ground for the minute? I think we should. I think that yeah, we should get the, them out of there because they're running around in the daylight looking for food. That's way too dangerous. Um, I'm also going to scan Connor uh, on the way there, maybe without him knowing, only because I want to see if there's a big difference now that he's been injured between this the, the reading that I got before and the reading now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, given I'm not you... worried. Just curious. Right, given that you have a kind of baseline now to see what the kind of the jump is between what he was previously, what he is now, and also what a full serpent person would be, uh, give me an int roll. I got a 12 out of 80. That is an extreme. Okay, pretty good. You think that there are potentially four stages? before or steps if um, if you think of it as like stage one was where he was before okay got the first step up the rung another three incremental from where he or another two incremental from where he is now would then equate to a full serpent person so I could think 25 50 75 and a hundred percent okay yeah if he was at uh, if he was at 25 beforehand he's now at 50. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm not concerned. I'm just curious. Let's see that I got a baseline. All right. Right. You drive on then. Um, 
seems like Connor's taking over the uh, the drive yes. duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you put your foot down a bit more, uh, let's say taking a bit more enthusiastically than Gunhilda was. And you arrive at the uh, the village after she's she gives you directions, basically, to go around the mountain. When you get to a fork, there's a road which goes on, which will take you around the northern edge of it, and then a road which goes south, which will then take you around the clockwise direction around it. And you get there within probably about 15 minutes or so. It's not too long at all. Um, it's a fairly nice fishing village. Uh, the name of which I'm going to probably butcher again, um, Olafsvik, which probably looks like it could be a couple of hundred people here, you think. Um, there are some fairly nice uh, log cabin constructions here. Uh, some of the more uh, sturdy constructions, there's plenty of brick here as well. Uh, a couple of more temporary structures like corrugated iron and so on. Um, you drive into town and it is completely deserted. There is not a single person here. Well, we expected them to have partly evacuated. Looking around, is there like anything broken, clipped over, carts, or? Yeah, you, you have a good look around. Um, the first thing that strikes you is that the biggest and most obvious thing is that one of the houses has collapsed. Um, it looks like it's fallen in on fallen in on itself. Uh, maybe a log cabin construction that wasn't too wasn't too great. But then you're looking around. The eerie silence and the wind that blows through here, occasionally interspersed by a couple of banging sounds, as all the doors of all the houses and the cabins are open. Uh, there's what looks to be a discarded shotgun by one of them, there's a few shells, there's broken windows, and the more you look, there's bedclothes which are strewn out from some, uh, from at least a couple of doors, and the place is, at least the muddy ground, ravaged by a huge set of footprints, and footprints that are pretty big. Are we seeing blood and gore as well mixed in here? Uh, there's the occasional hint of blood, uh, maybe a, a stain on a curtain that's blowing in, uh, blowing in the wind. There's no bodies. Oh, they're just all hungry. That one, just that one blood stain, and it, the rest of it looks almost like drag marks. A track. You can See give me a roll. They, the direction where they probably took these people. Mm-hmm. Seventy is good. Okay. Uh, you can get a few more facts then in addition to the direction. The direction looks like they're going towards the volcano. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any path in the direction they're going. This is They're literally going straight up the slope, up through the scree, and up towards, well, the distance going up the volcano. It, this is a big volcano, so there's after a while you, you can't make out the tracks, but you know they're heading in that direction. If you follow, they'd be easy to follow, but you just need to do the legwork and go up there. Some of those footprints... Yeah, they're they're big. The longest is twenty inches long. Mm-hmm. Is that bigger than the one we ran into? About the same size. About the same size. But they're not all that big. No, there's they go up to that size. Some of them are significantly smaller, maybe only about being twelve foot. Okay. Uh, twelve so, inches. So these, like not all of these things are so titanic. Um, 
so the creature sounds six feet. I think before we run off and try and uh, run into a big horde group of these guys, we need to think about what our, our plan is because you know, can either we got lucky with that last one. Can yeah. either of the trackers take a hard look and see if they can guesstimate the amount of large tracks? Like follow, you know, how many sets maybe? Is it a dozen? Yeah. Is it three? You think easily a couple of dozen. A couple a dozen? A couple mm. of dozen. Jeez. Well, if it was nice visiting Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call out in town to see if there's anyone hiding in the basements? Well, we don't. I don't want to. No, let's not call out because then uh, there might be one of them nearby as well. As you are speaking about calling out, though, you can all give me a listen roll. Nope. Oh, two. Today's my day. Oh, thirteen. I passed also. Okay. Um, uh, fail. Oh, Gunhilda, for a start, is looking towards the the, the cabin where she knew her brother uh, lived. Uh, she's looking around, and you can just see that this kind of stark realization is coming over as she goes very pale, and she is not in a good place right now. Um, but as you mentioned about, well, potentially we're going to call out. Just before she calls out Ollie, her uh, brother's name, which just echoes around this deserted village. Uh, Anyone else apart from the good doctor get an extreme? Because this is very quiet. Okay. The doctor then hears some kind of response come from that cabin that's collapsed. Something is alive in there, beneath the rubble. Something's alive in there, in the collapsed cabin. I know I heard something. Well, let's find out what it is. Have, have those lightning guns handy. Yeah, part of me wants to go first, but uh, I'm not because <laughs> I've got a scalpel, a small knife. <laughs> okay, uh, for those those of you wandering over, then uh, when you get right up close, you have to wait for a few seconds, think that I can't hear anything. But then after a minute, you do this moan of some, well, someone or something underneath the rubble, definitely in pain. Help them. Let's let's uh, let's get some of this rubble up. Oh yeah! The second I hear somebody in pain and suffering, I rush over and attempt to help immediately. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so is anyone not going forward and starting to do some digging here? Well, I don't really care, so I'm kind of looking around. Fair enough. Uh, looking around, there is definitely there's nothing hiding here. There's definitely nothing. Uh, kind of watching you from the outskirts of the town. You are completely alone. So, those of you that start digging away through the rubble, pulling up beams of, uh, of long logs and wood between you, looks like right in the middle of the building where this, uh, it looks like it's avoided most of the rubble coming down upon it. There is a thing, it is not a person. Uh, you can all give me sand checks again if you are there. Oh, not good. 73. Fail. Oh, no, I passed. Fail. I failed. Uh, oh, God. Fail. 
Okay. Well, passing is zero. Uh, failure is 1d6. Oh, God. Five. Great. Six. <laughs> okay. Uh, what Three. you see... What you see here before you then is imagine a significantly smaller version of the one that you just met on the road but hasn't been turned to stone. This thing is easily twice the size of a regular human being in terms of its bulk. But it's hunched over, again, these long curved claws. Uh, this parody of a dog and an ape mixed together um, with this weird metal kind of necklace collar. around it. Yeah, a collar. That's the uh, the best the best way to put it. Oh a collar. Yeah. Didn't, okay. didn't um, the Queen or somebody mention that they had or was that the T Rexes? Uh the T Rex has a crown that they crown. put head. I could have sworn I thought You uh, may be remembering the well, uh, we, we know these things are enslaved by the Right, uh, right, uh, but different people anyway. So it's it's a it's a shock collar, obviously. Yeah, or or something attach a chain to or whatever. Yeah, it is sparking. It does have oh. a electrical component. Oh, you might, you might remember the collars being described on the uh, the images in Bolivia. The maybe that's um, yeah. Was on the wall. So I lost uh, I lost over five send points. So I get a uh, well those yeah, those of you that. Uh, those of you that lost five or more, give me an in, uh, give me uh, your int roll. <laughs> three. Fail, 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 fail. Wow, a ninety five. I'm happy I failed. Okay. okay. We have a little rule in pulp that we can invoke now. It's one of the few times I've oh, had a chance no. to do this. No. So. Um, for the good doctor and for Magnus, you have, oh well, you've all got more than five points of Cthulhu Mythos already, so you gain one point uh, from mildly flipping out. Um, what would be, what was going to be the most appropriate uh, skill, I think, or... Actually, they'll put it down to this. Uh, was the, the doctor, were you helping out lifting... Lift, lifting the rubble as well? Yeah, I, I went in to try to help whoever was injured. Well, once I heard someone needed medical attention, that was my focus. Okay. Yeah, All right, so having the, kind of the thing that's pulsing through, you've maybe got a bit of adrenaline going, you've definitely been flexing your muscles, uh, being able to lift all this stuff. When you go temporarily insane, you can get insane talents. Um, oh, wow. I think because you are currently uh, kind of pumped up from doing all this heavy lifting, uh, we're going to give you insane strength. Nice. Um, you add this uh, to the same kind of area as your regular talents. Uh, you gain a bonus die on any strength roll. If the roll is failed, something goes wrong. Uh, the keeper chooses either the hero is injured, take 1d3, uh, plus the hero's damage bonus in damage from torn muscles and the like. All the thing that is the all the thing that the hero was working on breaks. Um, we'll go in. There's a few more mechanics that go around it of how they activate. But you you can add insane strength to your uh, to your sheet. Wow. Okay. Done. Kind of That's cool. Awesome. Kind of, of terrifying. 
That's me as well. Sick. So you both you both failed your uh, your sand check with five or more points. Okay. So bonus dice to strength checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when, when, when you extractivate it. One, I sent you a message. Two, I want to rattle off in every language I know. Hello, we're not. I'm not here to hurt you. In English, Icelandic, Nakal, Chinese, uh, Ghoul, whatever, to see whatever reaction I can get from this thing. The only one it reacts to is Nakal. Uh, it doesn't seem to comprehend the others. Although, we'll just quickly have a read through your message. Audi. You should see if you can get the collar off it. Well, I don't want to approach it. It might attack me. It's, uh, but if we can, if we can, uh, it, it, I, I, I'm thinking it's a wild animal. Oh, but, but it can uh, understand. It can understand language, though. So it's you know, not just. We know what it is. We, we've been told about them. We know they're enslaved by the. the well, yeah, serpents. dogs can understand language to some extent too. Yeah, that doesn't mean they won't attack you. What's um, your name? Do we have food? Did we yeah, bring you snacks? Certainly have, you certainly have provisions with you. That's no problem. I got a Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That makes Definitely a great commercial. Hungry, yeah. Here, yeah, here, Bormies. Yeah, not yourself. Um, <laughs> it, it responds to Gerhardt's question of what's your name, and it replies in this weird, somewhere between a dog growl and uh, kind of a ooh, 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 of an ape. It's got structure of language, but it's very, very basic. Um, you can attempt to communicate with it with a combination of um, hand gestures as well. Uh, this this probably takes a few minutes. It's definitely not hostile. It's if anything, it's kind of scared of you when you when you pull the bolt and when you pull the uh, rubble out from around it, and doesn't attempt to go away. Uh, you can give me your linguist roll, so you can roll your int. Uh, 27 out of 70, so that's a hard. Okay, um, you can give me 2d10. Uh, ooh, 17. A 17 10 out of 7. 17 points of Vormis. Oh, wow. They, the language is very basic. And this is almost proto-language. It's very much basic concepts communicated through series of gestures and almost grunts. This is really it's limited but you can definitely communicate so everybody sees me kind of yapping and whooping with this thing um i tell gerhard um hey uh, gerhard uh, tell it that um i'm gonna take a, a closer look at the collar to see if i can get it off and i i repeat that to it don't okay. don't don't come no hurt <laughs> uh, yeah, magnus yeah. let me do that yeah, it I've got the tools. It intimates back caution, but doesn't doesn't kind of withdraw anymore. So it's kind of warning you that this thing is dangerous to you as well as it. Yeah, and that's I, what I'm trying to stay if it's if it's it's, it's electrified, uh, Gail. Yeah, is, that, is it actually um, just injected into it at all, or is it just literally like a like a belt? Yeah, it's, it's more the latter. Okay. I read. I I'm gonna take. A, off my vest 
and hand it to Gil so he could tuck it underneath uh, around the neck so it has at least a leather fabric. All right. Is there a visible way of, like, is there just a, like, it's just buckled in or is there a lock to it or is it, like, welded together? That there are a series of joints at the back of the neck where they interlock between them so it forms a complete circuit going around the neck. Um, on the inner part of the neck, um, of the, let's keep saying necklace, uh, collar, you can see that there are what would be effectively small electrodes that connect the skin, but they don't impale into that. They don't penetrate the skin, right. but they connect to it. So that's but where that, the, that's, that's where the charge comes from. It's a shock collar. Yeah. yeah let me a, see if I can pry this apart. Okay. Uh, it is going to be to remove it. Uh, it's a combination roll. So have a look at your electrical repair and mechanical repair. Okay. I was going to try out my new strength. I'm oh, okay. <laughs> you can try that as well, but... <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, I'm looking at the two. Okay. Whichever is lower, you want a hard success on that. All right, so mechanical repair is lower. And I want a hard success. I got a 60, and my mechanical repair is 67. So how much luck would I have to spend? But uh, yeah, you need to get it down to thirty. Yeah. All right, I'll spend thirty. I still have enough if I get killed that I can. <laughs> That's the main Don't thing. Don't say that. Don't say it. <laughs> right. I... In which case, uh, I'll throw you the mechanics on it as well as to uh, to how this thing works. As when you open it up, you know what you've just narrowly avoided. Right. Whenever this thing goes off, um, in fact, you think it actually has because you can see there is what would be a very small, almost microphone component in here as well at the front. Mm -hmm. um, that evidently it has some kind of verbal command would also set this thing off as well as tampering uh, with it. Uh, yeah. Mechanically, it inflicts 1d8 damage, and if you then fail a con roll, you are uh, unconscious for 1d6 rounds. Mm. Monsters. Um, we'll see, for, for something like a Vormis, which has got quite a few hit points, as you've uh, found out, or even a maybe mutated one, that it could be used fairly often on them, and it wouldn't be too much of a threat. Put this on a human, yeah, that could easily kill them. Yeah, 8 points of damage. Mm -hmm. Well, while while they were trying to get it off in a gesture of friendship, I, I run next door to a to a house and try to find a meat locker, get you know, get a rack of lamb, I you know, whatever they got, and and rush it back to it, figuring that they're looking for food. I want to present it some food. Sure, um, you, you run inside. You run inside the next house and find that there's scenes where evidently they, whoever was inside, uh, looks like probably a, uh, maybe a husband and wife pair, uh, looks like they were both uh, torn out of their beds in the middle of the night. Uh, there's even the obligatory uh, horror movie cliche of uh, scrapes down the wooden flooring as they tried desperately to hold onto the floor as they were being pulled away. Yeah, um, you can find and raid their fridge without, or their uh, their store without any problem. So plenty of uh, food you can bring back. 
Oh, yeah. source threw me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, well, whatever seems neat-ish for the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it'll gladly take uh, take stuff from you. I mean, it, you can... Gerhard doesn't even need to uh, know the language to read the fact that it is very grateful for have you having taken the collar off it. And then I'll be feeding it too. It's trying to build a... a, a who woke you from sleep? Oh, um, he. Well, you can think it's a he. Also, also got got the appropriate genitalia. Anyway, points towards the uh, points towards the volcano, and says snakes. How many? Um, starts counting its fingers. Um, goes through one hand. Goes through it again. And again, hold up, man. Oh, wow. Again, and again. Uh, Gets to about 40 and then starts to think. Alrighty then. (laughs) Yeah, there's kind of words it's saying is like attacks, raids, us captive, slaves. And then gestures uh, around the gestures around the vi- uh, the village, uh, components, door, and gestures up Gerhard, the volcano. Ask him if um, if we were to uh, help his people and get the collars off, would they fight with us? I I reiterate that. Yeah, Spartacus. <laughs> uh, Spartacus lost. Already, already fighting. <laughs> Won it first, though. You guys are already fighting? It, it did, nods. Did you kill a lot of snakes? Mm. Uh, Good. Gestures towards all of you. You take Warren and gestures to in a different direction up the volcano, but going around it. Uh, take, take you to Warren. Friends? Yeah, um... One thing you have to understand and you have to tell the others, we're not food. Mm. You can eat us, but we're not food. You can, oh, your people can't eat us. No, he, he shakes his head. No, no you, more. Good. You, you good. Wait, ask, pe- ask, him, ask him if yeah. they ate, because he said that's, components. Ask him, did they eat these people or did the snakes want them kidnapped? That's what, well, yeah, I was going to. So I re- I really bleh, I tell him Connor's the latter components. Oh, the snakes wanted them. Damn them! We oh. gotta hurry up. Then we might be able to still save them. Yeah, we. I mean, we have to rush not only because of that, but we've got earthquakes from the volcano. So we're on we're on the clock. We have to be very careful because there's fifty of them or forty of them. I can probably take on Tarsi by myself. Um, yeah, well, let's let's try to be sneaky and yeah. get in there and sabotage them. Odd. Should uh, Grunhilda go and send a wire to? No, you know, no, no. I think well, she needs to. Grunhilda needs to get back to safety. Hmm. Um, let's let her take the truck and go. Let's get our I, stuff. I, but I tell her maybe she could send somebody else back with a truck to the here. We could meet back at the town. 
I don't want to walk 12 miles for whatever it is. <laughs> well, I think we're going in, aren't we? Right, but they could wait here for we us. We may not have to walk 12 miles. I just they thought of How about this? What if, uh, what if those shooting stars were those flying? They may places? get eaten if they're here. Oh, good call. Okay, let's, let's take the truck, go to these Warrens, and then she can go back with the truck. But she yeah. should drop us off. If okay. your newfound friend here can ride in the truck, it's not too heavy. Given the direction we'll back, it, it was pointing, given the direction it was pointing, you're fairly sure you're not going to be able to take that thing off road. A, it's pointing up the volcano, oh. yeah. up a, up loose scree slope. We're gonna have to walk. Yeah, forget what I said. <laughs> I uh, at some point, do. go ahead. He said, forget what I said, and I said, I normally do. At, uh, at some point, I'm going to sort of get Connor over to the side, and I, I'm just going to say, um, I know you probably don't care, but at this point, you're testing about 50% snake. And if these people hate the snakes, just be careful. Don't show them my scales. That's for, that's for damn sure. All right, so let's let Brunhilde go. I'm sorry, Grunhilda. And uh, what was this um, creature's name? It doesn't really have a, yeah, an English equivalent. Okay. It's a kind of a, a kind of a cross between growling, hooping, meeping. Yeah, Fido. He's Fido. Scooby. Scooby Baka. <laughs> Shall we call him Scooby or shall we call him Fido? Because we have a mix. Well, Scooby wasn't around in this time period, so I'm going to say no. Um, Fido, Fido. maybe? um, Sanderson? Buddy. Buddy the dog. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, The duck from uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. uh, Yes. Gertrude. uh, Gertrude. Gertrude. Yeah, Yeah, but it's a boy. That's a girl's name. How about we just call him Sam? There we go. Arnie. Arnie Sanderson. Arnie. 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 That's a good name. Arnie. Arnie. All right. Okay. Arnie starts leading you up the uh, up the mountain then. Um Grunhilda says she'll be as uh, she'll be back as quick as she can. Uh, but it's gonna be probably say two hours back, then two uh, however long it takes her to do stuff there, and then another two hours to come back. So she's gonna be at least four hours. Bef- uh, before we head up, I wanna do one more uh, food raid, just so our newly found friend doesn't, you know, get hungry and have second thoughts. Actually, Doctor, that's a good idea. Maybe if we all grabbed an extra piece of meat, we might yeah. be able to use it as an offering. Yeah, grab not, whatever not just food. to Arnie, but to uh, right. the rest of whatever them. comes up. Yeah. Just no yeah. sir, no no They'll probably kill us for <laughs> opening that in their presence. Is that Icelandic? I don't know. It's <laughs> isn't that the fish, the shark? That's the the, the, the uh, fermented shark. fish. Yeah, yeah, it's a fermented shark. Slushy. Yeah. All right. There's something to give you a con check. If not a sanity check. Yeah. Right. As as you start then going between the various houses around, uh, you can easily get food. Uh, a number of you will notice that there is also some very small beds 
which look like they've been disturbed and they've done, they've taken kids and you can see at least one empty cot. <sighs> oh, crap. There's no discrimination here. There is just, if it breathes, take yeah. it. And you start then uh, with the truck heading off into the distance. Uh, Gunhilda's parting words uh, to you are, please find my brother. Do we have a picture? Uh, she, she doesn't have one on her, but she, you, she can direct you to his, um, to his cabin where you can find a picture of him and his wife. So we'll we'll rescue, name? we'll rescue everybody that we can. Ollie, his name was. Yeah, Ollie. Oh, Ellie. Yeah, we can go with that last. Oh, what's your last name? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation again. Uh, Jens Dottir. Jens Dottir. Mm-hmm. Right, and at which point she drives off into the distance, and your friend uh, Arnie starts leading you up the mountain. There's a bit of slipping and sliding because it is a lot of loose, say, scree rock heading up there. But you start heading off at an angle, heading roughly anti-clockwise round the volcano, going very much away from the air, uh, from the direction where he points. Uh, he pointed out where the tracks were going, where they would, uh, where the people were taken, and probably about ten, fifteen minutes of climbing later you come to what looks to be at first first glance just say uh, almost like an alcove um in the side of the rock where there's a recess um, but it opens up from what seems to be just a small cave you can see there is an opening at the back uh, where there's what looked to be stalagmites coming up from the floor of this black volcanic rock and impaled onto the top of each one is a head uh, at first glance, they look like just people's heads until you realize the skin's a little bit loose and those eyes have got slits. Yeah, they're snake heads. Oh. Very much like the uh, the soldiers in Bolivia uh, were wearing the skin over the top of them that wasn't quite well-fitting. Yeah, that was, uh, that was an inner night trick of theirs. You know, this row of severed heads uh, impaled on stalagmites, almost as a um, as a warning. You think definitely if you're those of you with an anthropological bent, would definitely say that this is a, this is a warning. Around the edge of the cave, when you go in, uh, there looks like there was some rudimentary effort to uh, make it obscured or um, or hidden. Uh, things like matted grass. Uh, some other rocks uh, trying to block the path but evidently people have been uh, well, people or things have been through here fairly regularly so you can see that most of that has been broken apart by now but as soon as you get past the row of heads there's about five of them that stagger into this very tight tunnel and you can see other stalagmites rising from the floor stalactites coming down from the ceiling and it opens up into a what you think is a natural cave network that goes inside the um, inside the mountain, probably of the volcano, probably old lava flows. Uh, coming out of the dark, either side of you, 
rushing very quickly are two more of these Vormis carrying what seem to be spears or spikes. But your friend Arnie up front kind of holds up his hands and you can, well, Gerhardt can hear obviously the hooping and the, uh, the barking that kind of conveys friend, rescue, collar gone, don't eat them. Uh, uh, not, not bad people. He's not telling them that we're friends, not to eat us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at which point then there's kind of a, a look of curiosity amongst the two guards um, looking over each one of you in turn and then they kind of gesture Oh yeah. Gesture to come on forward. Oh and they see food, they they're gonna they're gonna take it. <laughs> like give up half of it so keep the other half for maybe a later situation. Yeah, I mean that that pretty much wins uh, wins them over without any problem. Uh, you can hear one of them uh, this again, Gerhard picks up saying, uh, take them to the priestess. Priestess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you are, uh, they walk on, kind of munching, one of them is kind of munching away into a, um, a ham. Ooh. The other one's got, got a loaf of bread that it's tearing apart and kind of gesturing with their other hands, carrying the, um, carrying the spears to, uh, to come on in. What's the name of your god, Arnie? Um, it doesn't say the name because it's not something it can uh, convey, but you get the impression it's describing the toad that lives in the dark. Uh oh. Oh crap. Well, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, then we know what that is. <laughs> right, you follow presumably then into the into the dark, which. It's, it doesn't become dark for very long. It opens up into this very wide cavern uh, where you can see there are caves or tunnels that run off on either side. Uh, there's some very large central pillars, almost like where a stalagmite and a stalactite have met in the middle and formed this a pillar that seems to be holding up the roof. Uh, there's a trickle of water heard around you and piercing piercing the blackness there are a number of what you think to start with almost would be campfires or some kind of cooking fire where you can see the spits suspended over them and meat slowly turning above each one but also around the walls is this uh, luminescent fungus which emits a very small amount of light but just enough so that you can kind of get the idea of the size of this place uh, the campfires themselves or the cooking fires provide significantly more light and you can you can kind of work out that there's maybe about a dozen or so of these warmists which are around here uh, three of them aren't too far away from where you are which they're they're kind of uh, arguing over what looks to be at first glance a human leg but then you see that the skin again is a little bit loose and that then there are scales uh, just showing through a few tears, the, arguing over a serpent person leg that they're um, that they're eating. Uh, there's a group which are right the way at the back end of the cavern, um, looking at oh doing something with some still figures on the ground. Uh, you think it looks like they're maybe tending to the um, tending to their dead. Um, they're. Oddly, though, they're, they're kind of cutting their hands open or they, their claws open 
with sharp rocks and they're smearing blood on the bodies in weird sigils of some some nature um there's a few other bits and pieces around here um you can see that there's some of the vormis are just keep are keeping themselves to themselves there's one which you can see near the um, near the bodies that's slightly taller that's got uh, a series of bones braided into evidently a she as the uh, the full say the full naked breasts but given that the vormis are all covered in hair it's very hairy breasts um, the bones tied and braided um, into her or around her cheek and around her uh, around her chin and down her neck um, can you all give me a spot hidden roll as well uh, oh, 17 and se yeah, 17 23 right. 45 30 which is hard success okay uh, normal Gotcha. Right. On a regular success, um, some features that stand out around the room, uh, around the cavern for you. Uh, this luminescent fungus around the wall smells almost meaty. Um, there's also it's a weird smell that accompanies it. Uh, chunks of it look as though it's been ripped off the wall, and you can see at least a couple of the warmers are eating it. So it looks like that might be there or primary food source around here. You can't identify it though. This, this does not appear to be natural, yet it is naturally growing here. Um, the other biggest feature of the room that, or this, the cavern that uh, stands out to you, is that beyond where those four bodies are at the far side of the cavern, it's almost as if the world ends beyond that. There is just black um, it looks like it might be the entrance into an even larger cavern, not lit at all, so none of this um, fungus um, that's illuminating it, but that they are on the edge of a cliff. But that is an abyss which is beyond them. Uh, I heard that Connor got hard success. Anyone else on hard? Right here. Okay. Uh, the two of you then notice that as you move a bit further into the room, around the wall off to the left of where the bodies are being tended to is this almighty huge what's that, bar relief or wall carving on the wall of a horned hairy toad where there is an altar laid out before it that is so stained in blood you hesitate you, you think probably it would be somewhere in kind of Connor's body count of uh, people that would have to have been splayed, sprayed over this thing. Whether it's human blood, though, or not, is Word. questionable. You'd have to get closer. I'll take a few steps in its direction. Mm -hmm. My God, are you seeing this? Mm -hmm. Careful, well, Doctor. Doctor, don't desecrate. You don't know what their rules are. Oh, yeah. I, I don't close right next to it. I just a few steps to get a little bit better look. As you're going that way, and again with your hard success, uh, you notice you're also pulling away from another feature that's on the other side of the cavern, op almost directly opposite this. It looks like a pit in the ground where no one's going near it, but you can hear something in that pit. Something big 
Does it sound like an animal? Is it bubbly? You, you get at least a couple of hissing sounds. Are they trying to snake, maybe? Snake, perhaps. Trap snake people. Because mm -hmm. they're eating snake legs. Snake we people can have, legs. We can have Gerhard ask what's in the what's in the what's in the pit. What's in the box? <laughs> um, well, as, as you've moved towards their kind of the effigy of their god towards their shrine, uh, those of them that were fighting over the leg kind of suddenly lose interest, and you are attracting a bit of attention as all of the vormis in the room slowly start to come around you. They, they don't appear hostile. If anything, it's they're curious. Be careful, Doctor. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not closing all the way. I just a few steps closer to see. I'm still guessing it's it's quite a distance away. Oh yeah, yeah. You you, you can easily observe this thing because it's so big. You can observe it from quite a distance. I'm just saying there's, there's some places that non-worshippers are not allowed to go. Yeah. These primitive religions. I look to the priestess, and I open my hands and bow my head light, slightly and say, for in, in Vormis, friends of the toad. Ah. In which case, yeah, you see this, definitely a look of pleasure come across her face. And she starts to go, as she comes forward, she says something to the, uh, to the Vormis around her that you kind of almost think is something about a sign or portent that you think is how she's addressing you. Uh, you can roll your Vormis skill or you get your bonus die from being a linguist. Yeah. First roll, uh, 85. Second roll, 15. So right. I got it. Uh, she seems to be proclaiming that you are evidence of some kind of prophecy. Uh, mm. there's, she mentioned something about a sleeper. Uh, an avatar of the toad, uh, the avatar that is waking and that will enshroud the world in darkness when it wakes, and that I, you are portents of its awakening, that you are apparently you are some kind of omen. I relay that to them in English. The ground rumbles. The ground rumbles? Mm -hmm. And I say it. it is destiny for us to meet. It is... Uh, prophecy that we meet here today and I point towards the altar with her and I walk towards it yeah she she walks up to, uh, she walks alongside with you to the altar and I, I point to one of my daggers and I pull it out and I cut my hand and I flick blood onto the altar oh there's a roar of applause well, and applause. I pass her, <laughs> I pass her my knife not the fang just a knife Yep, she she does the same, and which point she she gestures to the uh, to the bodies that are laying down on the uh, laying down on the ground near the edge of this abyss. Uh, she kind of you kind of get the impression she wants you to join her in doing something over there. I um I walk over with her and I tell the guys give break out the food. I, this is like we need to make a, a pact with them. Gerhard, do you know what you're doing? I'm doing the best I can to keep them happy. Well, that's still going on. I, just, I, I think I'm you're going a little out. too far. 
I'm gonna look in the hole. You're going. You're going over to the edge. Something. Yeah. Something. Curiosity. Cat. Yeah, because yeah. we were like, we were like, yeah, I don't ask him about it. And he has I will, it. So but I like, don't want to. Well, shit. <laughs> give Give me a spot hidden roll when you get over there. Ninety-one. That's a. That's a fail. Okay. Uh, there's, there's certain things that you will notice that are blatantly obvious, but other things that might might elude you for the moment. It's definitely a cavern of some kind. Okay. Uh, you're not too sure how high it goes. Uh, it might even go up to the surface, because if you strain your neck and look up, you can just about work out that maybe you have like a pinprick of light up there. Right. So, uh, but around you, they're looking either direction. This this gap has got to be about 200, uh, 200 yards across. Uh, yards? Yards. Wow. Oh my uh, God. This is the hole that we heard something down, right? Oh, that? No, I thought you meant the big abyss. My bad. Uh, you, look, you want to look at the pit then, the smaller one? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, how close are you getting? I don't want to get too close. Maybe like within, like if, if I want to get within, and then I can kind of crane myself over. I don't want to be anywhere near. In case, like, a spike shoots out of something. I don't know. Okay, if you want to get close enough to see what's inside it, you can get within about six foot of the edge. Okay, yep. Okay. So you start I'm, I'm kind of prepping with, with my <laughs> rifle ready to go in case I need a, you know. No worries. Right, you say inch closer towards it to the point where you can see what's inside. You can give me a sand check. Okay. Uh, that is uh, a pass. Okay. This thing is, again, easily about twice the size of a human being. It is a bloated snake, uh, or rather a bloated serpent person uh, that's been almost inflated to huge proportion. Uh, two legs, the tail that goes behind them, two massive clawed hands which almost you can see that the fact it's got injuries over its knuckles whereas almost if it dragged its drags its knuckles along the ground okay. that is partially stooped the head is huge and it looks up at you you can see again this just a look that reminds you very much of the uh the vormis that you met out on the road the the petrified one just this look of hunger as this thing is just looks at you and sees food. Its mouth opens and a tongue shoots out that's about 12 foot long, easily wrapping itself around you. Can you all would be easily able to wrap itself around you from that distance. Um, how do you wish to react? You wish to dodge or fight back? I'm going to try. Uh, my dodge is really good. My dodge is really good. Um, I've got my knife. I'm just trying to think if, if it comes out and I can slash the tongue out. Um, that would count as a fight back? Yeah, fuck it. I've got plenty of luck, so I'm going to go for a fight back. I'm going to try and get my knife so I can cut the, cut the tongue. Okay, so he counts as the aggressor, so wins on ties. Um, that is going to be a hard pass. Okay, I only got a regular on 35. So, you're able to slice across um, give me your choice of luck or dex when you do that um, luck or dex 
I'll go with dicks. <laughs> Definitely going with dicks. Um, yeah, that is a extreme pass. 17. Okay. Um, you managed to avoid touching the tongue in the process. Um, oh. You slice through it without any, um, too much difficulty. And it falls, um, the, so what's left of the tongue falls to the ground. The rest of it recoils back into its mouth with this screech and it retreats back into the, the other side of the pit. What to the priestess, what is that? Hmm? What? Um, just, you, she tries to convey a word and it's somewhere between one who looks over or maybe warden that was their keeper mm, or a keeper that's, yeah that's the guard the guard i point to the thing and i i make like a like a whip kind of gesture mm. yeah and she mentioned uh, she kind of gestures around the, like, around her neck oh. hey yeah uh, hey doc come over look at this tongue certainly Don't, oh I'll get a bit, bit closer, making sure I stay quite a ways away from the edge. Oh, it's, it's oh, definitely no, no, the, the, the tongue that I cut out. Is yeah. that just on the ground? Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! So I, I take out my uh, uh, chemical kit. I've got a small chemistry kit, and I'll take samples of that, being very careful with it, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, this will take you a few minutes, but you are. You're able to determine fairly quickly then, because it's not particularly biologically complex. Um, the tongue has a series of small barbs where if even if you touched it, it would be able to allow what seems to be a poisonous coating to get inside the system of whoever it touched. Um, this is a powerful immobilizing agent. Oh, if, get, if, if one of these things hits you with its tongue, you're going to be immobilized for a while. Oh my goodness. I'll try to... to, to salvage as much as possible and put it into a vial sure. keep that as, safe as you're doing that uh, by the edge say with this is where we'll uh, we'll leave it with this scene for the evening um, Gerhardt is sort of gestured over by the priestess to come over to the, uh, the bodies and this is where she's next to this edge of this uh, 200 yard wide hole that there are a series of what look to be, well, maybe rocks of some kind, or maybe crystal that jut out from the edge of the side of this hole. Uh, got broken and eroded over hundreds, thousands of years. They take the bodies of the of their fallen, um, their fallen brethren. These look to be. It's almost you're getting the impression this is like a ritual burial. Um, that these are their own that have fallen in battle. But as she's gesturing and as she's almost dancing and singing in this kind of weird Vormis-like way, which just equates to like dog howls for the for normal human ears, um, she goes to the edge of the uh, the edge of the abyss and holds out her clawed hands and widens her arms and offers the bodies to the abyss. Uh, you're aware that there is a faint breeze. Uh, give me a spot hidden roll as you're close enough for it. Uh, 44 out of 50. Hold on. I, it's a regular pass. Okay, you're, you're oh, close enough to feel it then. Out of 65, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
it's odd for a moment that the wind is being pulled down into this hole then a few seconds pass and the breeze reverses direction it's been pushed up the vormis at the instruction of the priestess push the bodies wrapped in this kind of very basic it would be cloth or animal skin with these marks in blood written upon it as a as an offering and they tumble down into the dark and after a few seconds this gush of horrible stench rises up and the 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 only thing you can equate it with is a burp as if you are stood on the edge of a mouth looking at its broken teeth of something that is two has a mouth 200 yards across here and we will leave it there for tonight our players included Stuart Lively, Jason Melnichok, Morgan Llewellyn, Zane Fleming, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a ritual listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The cost involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd also like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account, just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.